0: Let us pray. Open mine eyes, Lord, that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclaps and set me free. Silently now I wait upon thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open mine eyes, illumine me. Spirit divine. Amen. How to win a war without lifting a finger. How to win a war without lifting a finger. As you studied this week's Sabbath School lesson, it reminds us that the great controversy between good and evil is coming to an end. We are approaching the last hours of the final battle. The showdown. And you know, the devil is pulling out all stops. All his arsenal is pointed towards destroying the family. Causing confusion in the churches. Causing us to take our eyes off the mission. In society sin has become entertainment. If you look at some of those reality shows, you'll know what I mean. The possibilities of showing sin as an entertainment is endless. After all, he, the devil, took one-third of the angels from heaven. So he is well-equipped to accomplish this task. If the veil could be lifted from our eyes, and we could see God's ministering angels battling for us, wafting away the evil influence that would surround us and press upon us and oppress us, we would live our lives totally different. That ladder that Jacob saw, that ladder that extended from earth to heaven with ministering angels coming and going, that ladder is real, friends. That's not a fairy tale. God has not left us here alone. God has not left us to battle the devil alone. He also gave us the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Godhead, our helper, another agency to help us to get through this war, to be victorious. And the Holy Spirit, he's real. So... What our eyes cannot see, what our naked eyes cannot see, we by faith must believe that God has not left us alone to battle evil. After all, we are no match for the devil. You have heard many times that the struggle, we struggle struggle not against flesh and blood. That means our fight is not against one another. Amen? We're wrestling against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Have you ever been involved in a physical confrontation? Have you all ever been involved in a fight? Okay. Have you ever been in a situation where the odds were against you? all stacked up against you. And there was no way of escape unless someone could come and stand up for you, put fear in the enemy. And when that happened, you didn't have to lift a finger because the show of force was so powerful, it boosted up your courage, and you were able to face the enemy. Well, I remember when I was in elementary school, Many, 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 many decades ago, a bully from the playground tried to fight me, made a threat. I was around probably eight, eight or seven or eight. During lunchtime, the bully said, you just wait after school, you and me. Oh, I was really scared because I wasn't a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. So this bully could not attack me on school and on the school grounds nor during school hours because that was an automatic expulsion. So everybody knew that it was after school that these fights would occur outside the school, outside the gates. I knew I was no match for this bully. She was twice my size. And I knew what she had done to people in the past. But somehow, I did not fret, because I had a secret weapon. I had three big sisters in high school. Triple threat. So when the school bell rang, and my heart was racing, and the bully was waiting outside the gate, I waited, and I waited. And when my sisters did not see me come at the appointed spot, they came looking for me. And when my three sisters showed up, the threat was over. When the bully saw my three sisters, her countenance fell and mine lit up. It said something like, Meet my family. I got all my sisters and me. The Bible relates a similar story in 2 Kings chapter 6. It relates how the children of Israel was at war, went to war, and won a war without lifting a finger. Israel was at war with the Syrians. The Syrians had a larger army, better weapons, they had a great general, they had the latest strategic war plans, and by all appearance, they would beat Israel. No problem. And each time they made their plans to strike Israel, to take out their king, the plan was foiled. Israel was like two steps ahead of them. And this puzzled the Syrian kings to no end. The king was frustrated. He called the councils. He called his generals and started to question them. Which one of you are a double agent, a spy for Israel? Because Our top strategic secrets, our battle plans are being revealed. Anytime we make plans to capture the king of Israel, he knows about it. One of you in my inner circle is a double agent. Reveal yourself. One of the servants said, O king, live forever. No, it's not so, king. We are not spies, but Elijah. The prophet of Israel is revealing your intimate secrets to the king of Israel. Even the ones that you make in your bedroom. That's why we're not successful in overcoming Israel. Then the king said, go, spy out where this Elijah is so I can capture him. And it was reported to the king that he was in the city of Dothan. And Elijah made the most wanted list. The king sent horses, he sent chariots, he sent a host of his army just to capture Elijah. Obviously, the king thought Elijah was some great threat. So why would he send such a huge army? One man plus a huge army? No contest. By all appearance, Elijah would have been captured and killed. But to the spiritual eye, I said, but to the spiritual eye, One man plus God is the majority. So they came by night, and they encircled this city where Elijah lived. Friends, when trouble comes, trouble comes into our lives. It comes at night. Figuratively speaking, it comes when your defenses are down. Because Elijah was sleeping, or so they thought. I know he was communicating with God. When trouble comes, it comes when you're not expecting it. That's when the enemy likes to take his blow. The devil, he's a dirty fighter. The enemy comes when things seems all right. Everything is going okay. When things seems quiet and peaceful. He comes like after a great church revival, I heard someone say. When we're on that mountaintop. He comes when newly baptized members are experiencing the new birth. He comes when we are not spiritually alert. He comes at night. And that's why the Lord tells us that we should watch and pray. When the enemy comes, he encircles our city. He blocks us off. All areas of possible escape he corners off, he isolates, he cuts off all support. He makes us feel defenseless, hopeless, beat. But it is then that we should remember our first line of defense, and that is the word of God. Let's practice drawing our swords. Ephesians 6 verse 11. Let's draw our swords. And we all know this famous text. You heard it this morning. Put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Sword number one. Before you find that sword, I'm going to draw another sword. Luke twenty-one thirty-six. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all things. How many things? All things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. And I'm going to draw another sword, First Corinthians 10:13: "There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. but God is faithful. God is what, friends? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able? But with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Amen? When trouble comes, be it literal or spiritual, God never leaves us defenseless. He has given us his word, and you can count on that. Amen? Anytime you're in a situation in a problem, you go for the answer in God's Word. It's there. So the devil, he may surround you, he may try to trap you, but my Bible tells that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him and delivereth them. Amen. Jesus just don't show up friends he sets up camp he means business our prayer every morning should be this little song Jesus bill of fence all around me every day Lord I want you to protect me as I travel along life's way Lord I know you will Lord I know you can fight my battle fight it still Jesus, built a fence all around me every day. So when the servant of Elisha rose up early that morning and went outside, could you imagine? Behold, a host compassed the city, Syrian army, horses and chariots circled, and the servant of Elisha cried out, Master, what are we going to do? Look at just what just transpired. The servant woke up early in the morning, went outside and saw the enemy. Mistake number one. When we rise up early in the morning, Before we face the trials of the day, the first thing we need to do is to drop on our knees and pray. Before you go out. Here was mistake number two. He then called on Elisha instead of calling on the God of Elisha. Y'all not hearing me. That's where we go wrong sometimes. When we face crisis in our lives, we don't seek guidance from the great I am first. We call the pastor. We call friends. We call relatives. And some of us, when we're in a financial crisis, we call a church board. That's all good. But why not call on the Lord? to the problem solver the great physician the great advocate go to the one who has never lost a case go to our creator our redeemer our friend God says before you call I will answer so when we fail to connect with the Lord in the morning and we face the trials of the day we like the servant Elijah's servant we will ask the question when the crisis comes on us, what shall we do? When they give you that pink slip at work, what shall we do? When you go to the doctor and the doctor says, you have six months to live, what shall we do? When our church, when our churches seems like they're falling apart what shall we do? When our marriages are on the rocks, what shall we do? When our kids, who we raised up in the church, seems to not love the Lord anymore, what shall we do? When our families are in discord, what shall we do? And the answer the answer comes back loud and clear. Elisha said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Remember, God has two thirds of the heavenly host that remain faithful to him. Satan only has one third. Not only does he have three, two thirds of the heavenly host, You have God the Father. You have God the Son. And you have God the Holy Ghost. Huh? They that be with us is more than they that be with them. God has not given us a spirit of fear because he said, though you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you should fear no evil because I'm with you. You may be incarcerated, whether literally or circumstantially. God said, I'm with you. God said, I'll give you peace. I'll give you liberty. I'll give you another chance. You may be going through some financial woes, bankruptcy. Who knows? God may be testing you because he owns everything. God can't alleviate your financial woes at any time but he may be putting you through a test. Testing your faith. So that's the next weapon that God has given us. Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, and we must believe that God, what God says, we must believe that God will do it. Have faith. Faith, we've heard this text, the substance of things hoped for, and evidence of things not seen. It is the lack of faith that this servant had that he was not able to visualize the heavenly host that surrounded Elisha. If he had faith, he would have seen it. If Elisha's servant had sought God's presence before he went out to meet the day, he might have seen the supernatural force of the chariots of fire and the heavenly host that surrounded Elijah, creating a supernatural firewall. Yes, indeed, if only we had faith. And in verse 17, Elisha, he unleashed the next weapon of warfare. He prayed. Is that a new thing, friends? He prayed. It says, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Notice, notice Elijah did not pray for protection from the Syrian army because he already knew that God was on his side. By faith he knew that God was there. He prayed that God would open the eyes of his servant so that he could see the heavenly host that was there sometimes God because our faith is so weak God give us visible evidence to bolster up our faith amen and the greatest protection that we can have against the enemy is faith not a gun are you all listening the greatest protection that we can have against an enemy is faith not a gun not a restraining order Not a police detail. Faith in the almighty God. Just like how the three Hebrew boys, the three Hebrew boys had faith that God would deliver them. And he said, if God don't deliver us, we're still going to have faith. Oh, yes. Just like Esther. I love this week's lesson. Esther's had faith. She said, I'm going before the king. If I perish, I perish. Abraham had faith. When his son asked him, Father, I see you have the wood, I see you have this and that for the sacrifice. Where is the lamb? And Abraham said, God will provide the lamb. Faith. My father, my biological father, he had great faith. I wish you could have met him. Two weeks after relocating from Miami, coming to Tallahassee, he passed away. He was funeralized, funeralized right here in this church. I must thank you again for your kindness and your generosity that you extended. Well, my... um. My father, he migrated to the United States in the 1950s. Mom, I don't know if I got that, those dates right. <laughs> in the 1950s. And he had nothing with him beside the Bible and the clothes on his back. But he was a faithful, faithful servant. And God blessed him with a beautiful wife and eight children. And after 20 years of living in America, he decided to go back to Jamaica with his wife and kids. So he sold all his houses that he had in California, three houses, packed up the station wagon, packed up all our furniture and stuff, and shipped it. Ship all our belongings to the island. And this island, is he always told us about, this island of Jamaica is flowing with milk and honey. And it's so beautiful. So we were all excited about going to this country flowing with milk and honey. This was back in the 70s, the early 70s. And when we got to Jamaica, my friends culture shock. Dad took us to the most remote part of the island. I'm talking about the roads weren't paved, there was no indoor plumbing, there was no electricity, no fast foods in sight, no KFC. We had one little generator at night that he turned on and the TV that we got, it only had one channel in the entire island. We were in shock. So my dad said, This is living. This is life. We were like, Oh no. So my dad bought a hundred acres and he started a business. He started a stone quarry business, and he tried to assimilate in that district. He 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 became a part of the community, and uh, with this business that he started, they never had a business in this community. He employed young men who were happy to receive a paycheck. Dad provided jobs, um, and with the stone quarry, the stone that he provided paved the roads. Yeah, my dad was like a missionary. And, and not only that, he would, I would see, I would see my dad give food and money to individuals who did not have. Mind you, sometimes dad didn't have it, but he was like a living example of Christianity. But the enemy was not pleased. Jealousy. In that small community, jealousy set in and the devil devised a plan of how he was going to mar dad's Christian influence in the community. A diabolical plan. So the talk was now going around. This is what they were saying about my dad. Who is this foreigner? Come from yonder. buying up all our land. Who do he think he is? Mind you, my father was a Jamaican, but he left there and he was gone for 20 years. So his accent had changed. And now he comes back with a wife and kids. We were from California. We definitely didn't look like them. So they said, who are these foreigners coming up in our district? Who do they think they are? So a certain element decided that they would try to get rid of my father. So they tried some. Black magic. Hobia. You know, Jamaicans, you know what I'm talking about. Voodoo. You Americans know what I'm talking about now? Okay. This spiritual wickedness. But it could not pierce the armor of God, friends. When my father, he uh, had a tractor, and the young man that drove the tractor met with an accident. He fell off the tractor and lost one of his legs. Instantly, the report went out. That's the voodoo. And the showdown continued. So that emboldened those people. So they placed all kinds of signs and implements practicing their dark art. Art. Uh, dead chickens they had around the place. They uh, put some... uh, uh was like a cup and a saucer and a place setting in the middle of the road and the way my father meant that he took the truck and ran over it because he feared no evil God was with him so they started to send threats you're going to die at such and such a time at such and such a place in such and such a way that didn't work dad continued So they decided to physically attack him. A strong man ambushed my father, took a crowbar, huge, hit my father over the head. Boof! My father fell to the ground, but God had built a fence around him. He had on a steel cap that day, and he lived to tell the story When they examined the hat, it was a huge dent. And the police said, it's a miracle that you're alive if it wasn't for the hard hat. So the authorities were called, and this man was arrested for attempted murder. Dad didn't press any charges, but they decided to take him away anyway. But what I'm saying, friends, is that my dad's Christian influence was even felt by his enemies. Would you believe it that a year later after that incident, my father was driving through the city and he heard someone call out his name. Mr. Way! Mr. Wade! And when he turned around, it was that same man who tried to kill him. He was homeless, decrepit. And uh, my father gave him some money. My father helped him out. You see, because my father knew that he was not wrestling against flesh and blood. My father knew the word that says to love your enemies, do good to them that hate you and despitefully use you. So if you read the rest of the story, when you go home, read the rest of this story. It's too good to go over right now. It's too long. But in second Kings chapter six, Elijah prayed, after the army had surrounded them, and Elijah prayed to God to smite the Syrians with blindness. And then, after they were smitten with blindness, he led the entire Syrian army into the Israelites' camp. And then when they got there, Elisha prayed, Lord, open up their eyes. Open up their eyes that they can see that you are God. Open up their eyes that they could see that there is none other. And God did. Immediately, the king of Israel said, oh, yeah, we're going to have to kill them. We're going to destroy them right away. Elisha said, no, no. Elisha said, you need to feed them. You need to give them something to drink and then send them on their way to their master. Love your enemies. This they did. And the record states that the Syrian trouble Israel no more. You see, God will make your enemies your footstool. That's not what we need to focus on. And this is how you can win the battle without lifting a finger. You can win the battle through prayer on your knees. You see, the great controversy wages on and on. We're at war. And we must have the, the right weapons in order to be successful. We cannot go to battle without armor. You have to put on the whole armor of God. That ye may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. That means that we have to do our part, and our part is putting on the armor of God so that we can win the battle without lifting one finger. You see, God will do the rest. God will do the rest. He has millions and billions of angels. He will empty heaven for you if we stand fully armored. Stand therefore with your loins girt with truth. I'm listing the armor. With the blessed breastplate of righteousness. With your feet shod with the gospel of peace. With the shield of faith so that we can resist all the fiery darts that the devil is going to throw at us. With the helmet of salvation. Yes, we do need a helmet. With the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then we have to pray without ceasing. And Elijah prayed. This part is awesome. Anytime I read this story about Elisha and what happened, it just gives me goose pimples. And Elisha prayed and asked the Lord to smite these people with blindness. And God did. Boom! Blind! That's how great my God is. He can solve mountains of problems and turn them into pastors. He can solve them. Prayer changes things. The prayer of a righteous man it much. In my prayer circle, we're reading a book called Fervent. I don't know if you have that book by Priscilla Shire. And there's a quote in there that I'm going to read to you. And it says, If I were your enemy, I would devalue your strength, magnify your insecurities until they dominate. And for you to see... They dominate how you see yourself, disabling and disarming you from fighting back, from being free, from being who God has created you to be. If I was your enemy, I'd work hard to, in, <clears throat> hard to ensure that you never realize what God has given you. So you will doubt the power of God in you. And that's what happened to Elisha's servant. This servant experienced the power of God many times with Elijah, but he still doubted. He devalued his strength in the Lord. And no faith, had no faith, when it came to the things of God. That's what the devil wants to do with us, friends. He forgot that he was a child of God. So the enemy wants for us to suffer From a case of misidentity. Fervent prayer keeps your true identity in focus. What does fervent prayer do? Keep your true identity in focus. And Elijah prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite these people with blindness. What a connection he had with God. What a connection. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. That's powerful. Prayer moves the hand of God, friends. We can win this battle without lifting a finger when we are connected to the all-powerful, all-knowing God, creator of the universe. In closing, in closing, you can play the music. When it seems like all the powers of hell are aligned against you, someone may be going through a situation in their marriage. They may be involved in a dysfunctional marriage. Nothing is working. Kids out of control. Financial headaches. Trouble on the job. Just life. Life in itself. And the weapons that we deploy seems inadequate to protect us to solve our problems. Now is not the time to quit. Now is not the time to be discouraged. It's time to make sure that we are fully covered with the whole armor of God. Fully covered so that we can do battle. For we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Like Elijah, he prayed. And this should be our prayers, friends. Oh Lord, I pray. Open open our eyes, that we may see. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Amen.